Texas State wins their first bowl game. It's Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. All right, continuing our, our tour of South Florida, we'll be heading back to uh, Lafayette here in a couple of days. Actually, I guess, well, tomorrow. <laughs> and... uh We'll see how we do it on the way back. Uh, we'll talk about Texas State's uh, inaugural bowl uh, victory. A bunch of crazy stuff was happening in that ball game. We'll do a quick recap of the 2023 Sun Belt, see where guys were predicted and how it finished up. Uh, and then Southern Miss lands another transfer. So uh, good stuff for uh, the, the Golden Eagles. I, I was checking one thing and, and got sidetracked. We'll, we'll check out if they have now retaken the number one spot in uh, the recruiting class. For 2024. But yesterday was all about the Texas State uh, Bobcats taking down Rice 45-21 in boy, a ball game that was all over the place, right? Rice with, <laughs> I mean, six turnovers, five interceptions, and a fumble on a squib kick to begin uh, the second half. So it appeared Texas State was going to take control of this ball game from the outset. They went down. I think they scored on their second possession. Let me see here. And it, oh no, on their first possession. And it was going to be, you know, Texas State from the get go. They got a three and out, but then they went three and out. And eventually Rice tied it up. And in fact, uh, this ball game was Texas State up by 21 7. And then uh, it was tied at 21 uh, 21. You did have Brian Holloway with his first interception return, first pick six, a linebacker with not one pick six, but two pick sixes in the same game. What would that have been on FanDuel to pick that one? Uh, and he gave them uh, the lead at 21-7, but then it was tied 21-21. Uh, but Rice with uh, a fumble and uh, Texas State uh, recovers it to go up 24-21 uh, at uh, the half. Then they did the squib kick, and, boy, you got to wonder what the, the Rice player was looking at. He had the ball. I'm not sure why he didn't catch the football and just go right down. His He was going to catch the football, and he kept on backing away from it. And then once it hit the ground, when that happens, you know, one of the Rice players tried to recover it. It ricocheted off of him. And uh, Texas State with uh, the recovery. And, you know... <laughs> They took a lot of plays to go 30 yards. 10 plays, 30 yards, one of their longest drives of the ball game. Five minutes and three seconds. For all intents and purposes, that put the ball game away. But then uh, another interception return by Brian Holloway, and then it's 38-21, and that's all she wrote. But that's not really uh, all the whole story of the first responders bowl, right? So the communications went down, right? The coaches couldn't use their headsets, so that was done. And, well, they ran out of alcohol <laughs> by, like, the second quarter. How does that happen in a bowl game? Well, I mean, do you not think people are showing up? They have, They know what the ticket sales is going to be. These these people, the people who run these stadiums and these, uh, 
what am I, a concession stands, right? The concession people, they have a good idea. They may be off here by a little bit. They may be off there by a little bit, but it's usually, you know, 5%, 10%. They don't underestimate that much. If they know what the crowd is going to be, and maybe there was a big walk-up, all right? Texas State seemed to have a good crowd there. I, I got I to believe that most of those tickets were purchased in advance, and they just didn't have the beer. They did they not think that people were going to enjoy a beer the day after Christmas or were people thinking, well, they've had their festivities. They're not going to do so. I, I, I don't know what they were thinking. Right. I mean, we're not even talking with all due respect, like, you know, an LSU crowd, we're talking a Texas state and rice crowd that they want to continue to enjoy themselves while watching a football game. It's not about, you know, how much you could drink. It's just having it available. And they ran out of beer. <laughs> so, uh, funny stuff there at the uh, at the first responders bowl uh, with the communications going down and running out of alcohol sales. And, you know, give it up to G.J. Kinney and company and T.J. Finley. Still haven't seen if he's made up his mind. There's a lot of guys in the transfer portal. So I don't know if there's going to be a spot for T.J. going somewhere. I mean, there's a bunch of guys in there. I was just looking at just to see where Zeon Chris could land. And there's a lot of guys on the pecking order that are going to be above him if if he wants to go somewhere. You would think that if you're Texas State and you have T.J. Finley, you can show him a little love. I'm not sure it's a seven-figure deal, but, boy, he could get a high, you know, high five, low six-figure deal that would entice him to come back. All right. But G.J. Kinney came in and said they're going to light up the scoreboard. I'm not sure if he thought it was going to be with two pick sixes. And, you know, that's what they did. You know, Texas State. And this team, for however long G.J. Kinney is there for, and this is kind of what, what, what I'm looking for from Fran Brown. I don't know about running the kind of offense that they do, but Fran Brown and Syracuse, you know, set the foundation, all right? G.J. Kinney has signed an extra, you know, five-year deal, got a raise. Uh, but if he keeps on going, you know, eight and five at Texas State or wins nine ball games next year, when now he's got, you know, one recruiting class in, going to have a second recruiting class, gets another shot at the portal, maybe they they roll off, you know, nine, ten wins, right? Because, you know, we're going to recap the Sun Belt, but we're going to start to look ahead as well. And we discussed this, right? South Alabama has, you know, going to have a whole new offensive look for the most part, right? Uh, we'll see what the Cajuns do. They have some pretty good running backs. Do they come back? What's that offensive line look? Does Zeon Chris come back? Ben Wolders, is he healthy, right? Uh you got Troy with, you know, Kamani Vidal going pro and Gunnar Watson running out of eligibility, finally, and a new coach. So, uh, you know, what does Arkansas State do? You know, do they get to build on their record, right? The West is going to be up for grabs next year. But if T.J. Finley comes back with G.J. Kinney, all of a sudden, why wouldn't they be the favorites heading into the season? And if you can have that and then set the standard, and I think, let me see, is – uh. Is Mahdi coming back? If if he can come back, what's I don't know what year he is. He may be he may be done. He may want to turn pro. Thirteen hundred yards. Let's see how many years he's got. Oh, he's only a sophomore. He's only played two seasons, so he's got at least uh, two more years to go. Uh, and we'll see if he comes back. Uh, Thirteen hundred yards uh, this year. So if he comes back and T.J. Finley, and you're adding some wide receivers, and you get some more depth on the offensive line, uh, and you add to the defense, I would think that would be the kind of the key uh, as of right now, and we'll just presume, I'm probably wrong, that T.J. Finley's coming back. The biggest concern for Texas State is going to be 
on on the defense. I appreciate wanting to uh, be aggressive on uh, the defense, but I, the defense is not where the offense is. Uh, the bowl game notwithstanding. Uh, so that's where you would think they would concentrate in the portal, shore up that defense a, a little bit, and make sure when they go quick uh, offensively that the defense can get in there and and perform if they are not as well rested as maybe they should be. So, uh, again, congratulations to Texas State. That's a heck of a victory. Uh, it's a heck of a season. Right? I mean, this is a team. <laughs> I mean, they – how many how many teams got a 77 spot against them and for them? They scored 77 in one game, and Arkansas State scored 77 against them, right? Not to mention Arkansas State gave up 70 and scored 70, all in the same season. So, uh, <laughs> and both those teams uh, had had bull. Uh, Bowl, bowl, bowl game appearances and obviously Texas State with uh, the uh, eight and five uh, record. So a good job by uh, Texas State to finish up the season winning two in a row after losing two in a row uh, to wrap up the season with a winning record at eight and five. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll do a quick recap, uh, see what the standings are, you know, to end the season and then go back and see what the preseason poll was for. Uh, the Sun Belt, because the, they, we'll see who got it right and who got it wrong. Oh, this is just the coaches, and the coaches got some right and they got some wrong. But now it's time to tell you about FanTool. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of uh, the NFL. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Dave Schultz, Locked On Sun Belt, your team every day. I may have to go back and look. I think the only one I got totally right was Texas State. Covering and winning. Like, I think I had South Alabama winning, but not covering. I had Coastal Carolina covering, but not winning. So that count? I don't, I don't think that it does. Uh, my picks were not very good uh, in bowl season. That is uh, for sure. All right. What I, where did I do? I had it here somewhere. Let me see here. All right. Sunbelt. Uh, here we go. Sunbelt announces preseason picks. Okay. So this is what we want to see. And we'll compare it to what it was and what it ended up being. All right. So James Madison and Troy were picked to play in the championship ball game or picked to win the division, we're going to escape that controversy. 
in this uh, discussion. But Troy was picked one in the West, and James Madison picked one in the East. Everybody got that right. Or the people who picked that got it right. All right. South Alabama was picked second in the West. That did not materialize. Just things did not go South Alabama's way this season. Carter Bradley may have been a little bit too banged up. Ladanian Webb started the season banged up, finished the season banged up. Uh, defense wasn't nearly as good, just not consistent. They could not get stops when they needed them. Won a bunch of one-score games the previous year, lost a bunch of close games this year, and it just did not go South Alabama's way. Although they, too, just like Texas State, won their first bowl game, so it certainly wraps up on a high note. Uh, but they did not. Uh, App State was picked to finish second, and I think that's – did they finish second? I think that's where they did. Uh, App State finished second, uh, right behind uh, James Madison. And despite what App State tells you, I think uh, they had a pretty good season. They go six and two in the uh, in the Sun Belt. Uh, I think they lost to the Georgias. Right? Is that is that what I got here? Maybe that was Coastal Carolina. Uh, they lost to Coastal Carolina and Old Dominion. Uh, the loss to Coastal Carolina is a heartbreaker. But the highlight of the season for App State. Uh, in addition to another bowl game, has got to be going into JMU and ruining their game day weekend uh, excitement. So that's a big win for Sean Clark and uh, App State. All right. Coastal Carolina, I think they, they finished up well. They get a win in, in the Hula Bowl and uh, all kinds of turnover. You know, they're winning with a third-string quarterback. Good for them. Uh, Tim Beck seems to having that program continuing in the right direction uh you got to appreciate again Grayson McCall you know bilking a uh trip to Hawaii despite entering the uh, transfer portal so good on Coastal Carolina for taking them and good on Grayson McCall saying can I go to Hawaii for a week and they said sure come on so uh Grayson McCall already I think is committed to uh NC State all right so let's check out the rest of the standing so let's just do the east James Madison was picked one App State two Coastal Carolina three I think, uh, and Marshall four. All right, so let's see where that was. Okay, so James Madison one, App State two, Coastal Carolina three. Pretty good. Marshall did not have the kind of season that they were hoping for. They net, they were lost defensively uh, throughout, and offensively they had issues when uh, Rasheen Ali wasn't playing and the quarterbacking was not consistent uh, and could not get on track. Uh, so Marshall ends up finishing a sixth in uh, the East. All right, let's see what else we had. So Georgia Southern actually got a first place vote to finish fifth. Georgia State sixth, Old Dominion seventh. All right, so the, the two biggest surprises of the year are definitely Old Dominion and Texas State. Texas State was actually was picked to finish fifth, right? Yeah, finished fifth, and they finished second. And Old Dominion was picked to finish seventh, and they finished fourth. They actually finished with a five and three record in the Sun Belt. So, you know, Ricky Ronnie's got it going on, and GJ Kinney's got it going on. Those were the two most interesting teams heading into the season because we just didn't know what was, was going to be, right? Ricky Ronnie's got the, the high powered offense, or I should say, um, GJ Kinney himself got the high powered offense from Incarnate Word. Ricky Ronnie takes the offensive coordinator from Fordham and brings that high-powered offense in to uh, 
into Old Dominion. And, you know, they just did a good job. They did a really good job. And I know Old Dominion lost. I mean, obviously, the teams went five and seven uh, in the bowl game. But uh, I, I'm just not going to – I'm not going to – when Arkansas State loses and Old Dominion comes up short, and, well, it's a losing record, like Cajuns fans are complaining about, all right? Is it is it that big a difference to you if they win the bowl game or not, right? I mean, Cajuns fans want a little bit more. But – Old Dominion had a great season. I don't think losing a bowl game, although not a great way to lose a bowl game, up 28 nothing. I don't think losing a bowl game should ruin what the season was. Same for Arkansas State. I don't think losing a bowl game should ruin what this team was about. They were picked to finish sixth, and they finished fourth. Big wins against Texas State, as we mentioned. Big wins against the Cajuns. Uh, they got a kid in Jalen Rayner, right? We, we know what he can do. We know he, what he has to work on, and let's see him do that moving forward. And I think that's what's important. All right, the Cajuns did not have a great year. Uh, they were doing the same thing as Coastal Carolina. New quarterbacks, they were banged up. Defensively, they missing some key players. Couldn't finish quite on a high note uh, in their bowl game, although, again, in a game that was back and forth. Uh, we'll see what happens. Again, it's still before the new year, but the longer it goes, I'm still wondering if Zeon Chris comes back. All right. That could be my own optimism, but the longer it goes, the more interesting I think it could be that he comes back. I don't have a problem dipping his toe in the water and finding out what's out there, but see if he comes back. Monroe, uh, they got a new coach. All right. It, it's all you can say. They they started out winning two ball games in a row for the first time since 2018. Had some really tough losses, had some wins that or had some losses that should have been wins. And, you know, don't don't have a win in the conference and finish up two and ten. So not great. So the same thing could just not get it going uh, this year. Uh, offensively, they struggled. They need solid quarterback play. They are doing well in a recruiting and see what happens. They do retain uh, Will Hall. All right. On the other side in the east, you know, Georgia State with a big bull victory to make them feel better about themselves after having lost five straight. And Georgia Southern, boy, it just did not finish up strong after the win over Georgia State. Uh, just a no-show in the bowl game. Played better in the second half, so give them credit for that. But um, you got to stop throwing interceptions. That's what happened two years ago, and it happened this year. And you got you, you got to, you know, it's not, you know, football 101. You don't need a, you know, you don't need to be, you know, Bill Belichick or, or you know, Nick Saban to know you got to stop throwing interceptions. And, when you, you know, unless you're throwing 60 touchdowns, you can't have 19 interceptions or so. So you got to figure that out. And once you do, maybe Georgia Southern could be more uh, competitive. Uh, all right. So uh, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll recap. That segment was a little bit long, but that's okay. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about and we'll check out the uh, recruiting races again. And Southern Miss lands another big uh, transfer. We will do that when we come back on Locked On, a Sunbelt, your team, every day. All right, again, special thanks to everybody who has been subscribing. Uh, the channel continues to grow. Thank you so much. Uh, please tell all your Sunbelt friends and family about it. Subscribe on YouTube. We'll get uh, close to 1,100 here soon and maybe 1,200. And, of course, we'll shift to basketball. Sunbelt play starts on uh, the 30th. Uh, we're still hoping that Georgia Southern picks up a win somewhere along the way. Uh, we'll follow the, the Cajuns and, you know, JMU 
is having a heck of a season. We'll see what happens in uh, Sunbelt play. App State, I think, is off to a good start uh, as well. Don't forget about the uh, audio podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and uh, Spotify are the most popular. But wherever you get your audio podcasts, just search Locked on Sunbelt. It is a, a big help. All right, more Locked on Sunbelt right after this. Dave Schultz, Locked on Sunbelt, your team uh, every day. All right, so let's check out the uh, transfer portals. And let me see the so uh, Southern Miss, before we get here, Southern Miss got a, a big-time uh, transfer in uh, Kieran Smith, I believe. Uh, Kieran Heath. I'm sorry about that. Kieran Heath. A tight end, once again, from Ole Miss. So that's their second Ole Miss, Ole Miss transfer uh, in about a week. So they continue to uh, crush it uh, in uh, the transfer portal. Let's see if that changed it. because. On Christmas, I'm pretty sure Southern Miss had, or maybe not Christmas, but following signing day, Southern Miss had the number one Sunbelt recruiting class. And somewhere in between that and yesterday, Arkansas State had the number one recruiting class. And still it says Arkansas State, but just barely. Let's see. It says still only 20 commits. Let me see if they have... um, Overall rank 83. I feel like that went down one. Let's see if they have the transfer uh, in there. They do have Kieran Heath uh, in there. So um, along with, I mean, they got eight transfers in so far. So that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good for uh, Will Hall uh, and uh, Southern Miss. So the Kieran Heath transfer incoming transfer did not change uh the rankings arkansas state still number one southern miss a uh, number two app state number three coastal is four these guys have 21 20 19 20 commits and then it sort of drops off a little bit marshall doesn't have as many commits but pretty good quality 15 commits their fifth uh texas state 16 commits their sixth georgia southern 21 commits their seventh they were fourth but have dropped to seventh James Madison, 16 commits. Remember, that's going over a a coaching change. South Alabama is up to 18 commits. They were third, but they've fallen to ninth. Troy's got 14 commits, also dealing with a coaching change. Old Dominion, 18 commits. Cajuns, only 13 commits. I think they have some transfers as well. Uh, Monroe, (laughs) Brian Vincent's got 28 commits, but still ranks 13th. And Georgia State, only uh, eight commits. Those are, I think those are, well, maybe not. Let me see what they are here. Monroe signed a letter of intent. So that is that includes that includes uh, junior college players. So those don't, I guess, count as transfers. Jeez, I mean, this says 28, 25 letters of intent. That's 25. Hard commits is three. So that's 28 and 10 transfers. That's 38 guys. That's, I mean, that, that is turning the roster over in Monroe. So good job by Brian Vincent, and we'll keep an eye on it. Again, the transfer portal closes January 2nd, and all that means is that that's the last day you can go into it, not the last day you can come out of it. Still trying to figure out, and we'll see if we can look at, look it over, when you have to be on campus, because some of these schools, again, 
start school right after the new year, right? It may not be January 2nd, but a lot of them is, you know, that first week in January, first full week in January. And if you're going to be in spring ball, you probably have to be enrolled. I know there may be some ways around that or, you know, late addition to the roster, but some of these guys are going to be have to make decisions sooner rather than later. Now, other schools don't start until the end of January. Uh, and, you know, you don't have to be there that soon uh, until that time. Uh, I'm sure there's others that, you know, if you're part of the program, you may not be at school. Uh, you may not have to deal with school, but you're probably there lifted, right? You've had you've had a break. You've had 10 days off or so. Uh, you know, if you don't go to a bowl game, you've had uh, more than a month off. And, you know, you're probably working out, right? We're, we're, we're getting into that. I'm sure Brian Vincent of Monroe is like, hey, if you're part of the program, you know, we will see you January 3rd, right? Enjoy your time off. But we're going to bring you in here as soon as possible uh, to, to, again, set the foundation, set the culture, and get in work here. And we need as much work, and I need to learn everyone's names as much as possible here before we start spring ball. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. Again, some of these guys going to enter the portal. Don't be surprised if they end up back where they started because there's – you just hope they find a place. You hope – you know, the music doesn't stop and they are like, where am I playing this year? All right. So you got to be careful. There's a lot of guys in the portal uh, and it does not help high school recruiting. And they got to be sure, again, I'm optimistic for the Cajuns point of view, but they need, we'll, we'll see where Zeon Chris goes. This gets, this gets into next week and he hasn't decided yet. Cause you have a lot of power five quarterbacks, you know, a lot of, you know, um, you know four or five star recruits that are looking for homes. You know? Again, he better be – again, this was something that a, a college coach said. The recruiting of the transfers are easier than the high school kids because the high school kids are playing games a little bit where the transfers are, you know, this is what I'm looking for, and they're kind of straightforward. They know what school's about. They know what college football is all about, and they're a little bit more straightforward, easier to deal with. We'll see. All right? They got to gotta make your decisions a little bit quicker uh, and just haven't seen anything about Zeon Chris yet, uh, where he may or may not go. So, again, that can change at any moment. Watching the Matt Zinitzes of the world and the Pete Thamels of the world to see where these guys end up. All right. Uh, we will we'll still be in Florida for tomorrow's episode, but we're going to start to make our way back to uh, South Louisiana. Uh, and we'll be back there hopefully on Friday. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in to Locked on Sunbelt, your team every day. Have a great day, everybody. And we will talk to you again tomorrow.